0: Okay, cool.
1: Welcome to uh, another edition of Mister Nice Guy. I'm Ben's Flowey. Today on the show, um, I've got uh, a guy who does a lot of things. He's he's a guy of things. Does a lot of things. Too many. (laughs) Too many things. Uh, He goes by the, uh, his producer name is White Russian. Uh, He works with the uh, children's clothing brand, uh, the Mini Classy. Uh, He uh, is part of the Milltown Beatdown. And he is part of the team uh, with uh, the New State, the new all-ages venue that is currently in the progress of opening. And he is the CEO of Unify Records. And he's a guy that is sitting right next to me, and we're going to talk all about all the things he does. So, um. We may be here for a couple hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, get comfortable. <laughs> Maybe we'll
0: crack a beer at some point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. I actually forgot to. Coffee. I forgot to go get some, but, uh, next time. What so, right to do? Yeah. Dima, Pakturev, welcome to the show. Bud, thanks for having me, man. You bet, it's man. It's a pleasure. Let's, let's get Cheers. it going. Yeah. There
0: we go, man. Mmm. How's it going
1: today? What'd you do?
0: Oh man, it is going, going. Uh, I'm in like the middle of my day. Uh, Fortunately/slash unfortunately, I had to go to work work. Oh, so my uh, follow my career path. Oh, that's lame. It's so lame. Who,
1: who, who does that? It's so lame.
0: <laughs> uh, and the great thing is, it's it's flexible enough where days like today and yesterday, for example, at work, I got very. I got important things done, but I got very little work work done. Mm. I, I had to. I did a lot of things from outside things that I had to be sure. Doing. Yeah. So the, got that over with. Um, had a conference call uh, for a company that I'm working towards uh, being a part of called Yellow Marketing or Yellow. Awesome. Nice. Uh, conference call there. Uh, then I went and met with uh, a person out of Marquette who's helping us uh, spread some awareness for New State. So did that, and now I'm here to, with the podcast. Um, i say halfway there because, uh, later you gotta go take care of the family and kind of do the dinner thing. Oh, yeah, right. And right. then, unfortunately, work, work, had an emergency, and I'm gonna have to go back in tonight. Oh, damn. Shit, dude, you are, man. <laughs> so I'm on a roll.
1: <laughs> hmm. One hell of a Friday for you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I've had a pretty busy day myself, uh, and I, it will only get busier. Um, I I slept in a bit. I slept until like 10 today. And then I listened to some music, you know, kind of eased into the day. But then uh, I had to go uh, get some... I had to go down to the bank downtown and uh, I had to get checks. Because uh, I have, uh, you know, student loans to pay. Yeah. Uh, and then I got groceries, um, pick and save down the street. I just bought eggnog. Okay. First eggnog purchase of the year. It just felt right. Yeah, yeah. So I had a glass as soon as I came home. I was excited. It was so good. That's awesome. I love eggnog. Um, Yeah, we have this podcast. I'm going to edit another podcast after we're done. And then I may possibly be covering two shows tonight. uh, For breaking and
0: entering. That's awesome.
1: I I was going to go to uh, High Dive tonight, but then I just saw on Facebook that Circle A right across the street is doing something. And I haven't covered a show there yet, and I kind of have this, um, sort of like a, uh, an itinerary, a mental itinerary of, like, venues that, like, I just have to see a show there. Like, it's one thing to just go somewhere, like, for a drink, mm-hmm. but, like, I want to actually, like, see a show in as many different spots as I can because, you know, every every venue is a placeholder of Milwaukee's music scene, and, uh... Yeah, so I, I can't pass it up, so I think I might go show to show tonight.
0: That's cool. So are you going to do video, Doc, or just more mental to write about? Mm.
1: It's uh, So what I do is, um, I so I'll, after the show, um, I will approach the band, ask them if they'd like to talk to me for a couple minutes, do a brief interview for breaking and entering. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, I take them out backwards quiet. Uh, we do a little, like... Audio recorded video I just ask them questions About what they're doing Um And then Uh The next morning I uh Transcribe it Uh Into Like a show write up Sort of thing But it's like an artist Spotlight Just so like The scene can get A more in depth view Of like who This artist is Like what their goals Are right now Like what they're working on And A little history About them And uh Yeah And uh with hope they uh, will choose to share the article once it gets published. Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure.
1: Why wouldn't they? That's a good question. Okay, for anyone who's watching this who I've either written an article about or have had on the show and you don't share the fi- come on, like...
0: If you know that it exists and you were proud of your answers or, please or sh- performance... Please,
1: you don't have to. I'm not going to say you have to, but please... Share the article or share the, the episode. It would mean a lot to me because, like, you know, I want you to feel good about what you're doing.
0: Well, you know? it should mean a lot to the artists themselves because it tells them that somebody's paying attention. and Somebody cares enough to take time to write about them and to show interest. And if they're not interested in themselves, well, yeah. I guess fine. It's just... it it I don't know. It's kind of like a little
1: uh, thing that frustrates me, like... Unless they have extenuating circumstances where they're like, oh, I said something in this episode and I don't Mm -hmm. want my family to Mm -hmm. see it. Then I'm like, okay, totally. Like, I get that. But if they just don't share it or just... Or especially, like, if I write an article on them and they don't share it, I'm like, well, come on. Like, what are you doing here? Like, I mean, I... Like, we have, like, a pretty good... Like, uh, you know, people read our site. People, like, are, like, in tune with the music theme through our site. And... uh, you know, like, I want people to know who you are, so, you know, like, this is, I don't know, it just, like, it makes sense to me that an artist, like, wants that Would be excited. Yeah, yeah, you know, would be like, hey, hey, to my friends and family, check this out, exactly. you know, like I, like, I'm valued by the scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anybody in particular you're like, excited to see tonight, or is it more of you're going to the venues to see what's happening?
1: Um. Uh, so the bands I'm covering tonight are so Circle A, uh, the Gravelers. Um, they're like an original rock and roll band. Uh, and then at High Dive, actually, a Hughes family band, hmm. which um, I have been meaning to see for a while, but it just never, uh, never, you know, the timing was never right. But... Um yeah, uh but you know I'm probably going to pick up some beer tonight too yeah. and uh get some work done but have fun doing it, yeah, you know. Yeah. You, you you know I think we we were talking about this before uh we started recording but like, you know, you know how people like in the studio that the, you know the bottle of vodka next to mm-hmm. you know like on the side it's like, you know, it like, be comfortable, yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. this is me right here. You yeah, know?
1: right. Like, you know, it shouldn't, you know, like by all means like, you know, be productive and don't, don't go overboard. Right. Which sometimes happens by accident. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But, but you know, it's, but you know, I, I, I don't know, honestly, like I, I like to crack a beer open before like I start working on something because just kind of like makes it, it really kind of does add some like, uh, um, motivation to me, you know? It's I mean it's the way the alcohol kinda of like react interacts with like the pleasure centers in your brain. You're like, Oh, I feel good about this. I agree. I, feel so I good. agree, yeah. I agree. I
0: think my thing was like mixed drinks and or beers. I did transition to wine. So I'm kind of a wino now. Partially I've drinking more than probably I should be. So it's like oh, yeah. the choice of wine versus the other stuff seem to be healthier, maybe, yeah. I hope, so, <laughs> yeah. who knows? What's your favorite kind of wine? Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna throw names out there, but I get the, the black box. For the purpose oh, of, good. uh, and it's Smallbeck, so from Chile, there's a couple reasons for it. One is, um, somebody brought up the fact of, you know, a lot of wine that comes from West Coast and California after the whole thing that happened in Japan with the nuclear meltdown, They've been receiving uh, readings of radiation on California coasts, oh, yeah. so if that's the case, is the wine that's coming from California tainted by the radiation in those years oh, that, yeah. that came after? I don't know. So it kind of freaked me out, so I transitioned to Malbec because it comes from Chile. Um, red wine, I read was healthier than white wine, so I kind of tried to find my red one I like. I've read that too. And, and uh, the box is just uh, a money saver because you get like four bottles for the price of Sixteen dollars and it's pretty mm-hmm. freaking good. Nice. Fuck yeah. Yep,
1: so... I'll have to... Uh, you'll have to put me on to some. Cause oh, I'm for st- sure. I'm still uh, working on my wine palette a okay. little bit. <laughs> um, still, like... And I'm also all for being, you know, frugal about, like, spending money... That's why I buy so much ham. Yeah, Because, you know, <laughs> like, It's cheap, and it's, you know, I can just grab it from the corner store right there.
0: But. I'm, like... I'm all about, um... Logic, Mm. and if I want to have it, and it's like okay, I can save some money. I can be effective. It's something that's healthier, even though I'm abusing alcohol. Like, ah, make it work.
1: (laughs) It's just you know, you know, it's right. Just you know, it 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 makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it 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 sort of like tell. There's some truth to it. Yeah. You know. Well, um, yeah, man. uh, Well, I'm glad you could fit me in today. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be here. You bet. So what we talk about on Mister Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And, uh, we met over the summer, yep. uh, when I was still at High Five Studio, uh, you came to talk a little bit about the New State, and, um, yeah, I had, you know, I was, like, for, like, this this past year, I was seeing, like, uh, all of the, uh, like, the New State t-shirts everywhere, and... Like, you know, Niall would be wearing his, and I'd see Janice, and she was wearing hers at Free Space, you know, like, everyone was wearing the Free Space, mm-hmm. everyone was wearing the, the New State shirts, and, um, so I was, like, intrigued by, like, well, you know, is this, like, is this, like, a, a cool new spot, you know, like, uh, is where, like, uh, the kids are hanging out, and quite literally, the kids will be hanging out there, because it's all ages, Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we, so... Um, yeah, I was excited to, um, you know, uh, hear about what you guys have going on, so it, yeah, I went to, like, there was, like, a outdoor little concert, uh, like, over the spring, and we got, like, a little tour of, like, the building and what the venue's gonna look like, a couple fat nerds performances, and this is gonna be a large merit to the Milwaukee music scene, um, in terms of where folks that are underage can, you know, come see their favorite bands or favorite performers, or people can bring their families to come enjoy the music. Uh, it also brings them into a, you know, a different part of town to help them, pe- you know, help people like. You know, get to know different sectors of Milwaukee and bring different forms of entertainment to different parts of the city that get neglected because mm-hmm. a lot of the venues are sort of like concentrated in one spot. Yeah. So overall, like, this is going to be a, a huge um, milestone uh, for for, like, Milwaukee and the direction it's going in creatively. Yeah. Um, So, uh, we can start there. I'd love to hear about how you got involved in the New State and, uh, yeah, I guess just like where you can talk about like where y'all
0: are at with it and everything. Yeah, for sure. So New State itself, uh, in general, is um, an all-ages music hub uh, that's going to have recording studios inside of it. uh, One being uh, a business, so Mammoth Audio would move into there to continue its operations and expand. Uh, but also have a studio A and a B uh, to be able to uh, lease out, uh, but also uh, inside be able to be used as a education uh, or a space to, um, for education or for, for programming. Mm-hmm. Um, all ages, so 415 seat capacity. The building itself, the history of it um, goes back to the early 1900s, started as a, um, a silent movie theater, uh, turned into a ballroom, um, uh, uh, like a friendship club, um, went through a stage of uh, another type of uh, music venue. Eventually turned into the Palms, which is a rock club in the 70s uh, and 80s. And then uh, through some tragic events and one of the, one of the owners ended up being uh, killed by a drunk driver. Um, I think that was kind of the start of downfall potentially and uh, ended up being taken over by uh, a strip club uh, called Hoops and then the the neighborhood did not like that and that got shut down within three or four years of existence. The building itself then sat vacant for two decades and in 2017 experienced a fire Um, and after that asbestos went everywhere and the city basically said we gotta tear it down. some community leaders and the developer were interested in saving the building because of its his historic value. So when it was the Palms, it held uh, groups such as this was like when their first tours of the United States would happen. People like Tom Petty, Sting, ACDC um, There's just a huge list of U2, U2s. YouTube yeah, you know, I mean, just the list goes on and on of amazing people who. Part of their start of their career was at the Palms here in Milwaukee.
1: Actually, I just interviewed a band that's been around since then that are from Milwaukee called Yipes. Hmm. they used to play there too. That's awesome. Back in its heyday. Man, I'm gonna have to
0: contact them because we're definitely looking for people who experienced wow. it when it was, you know, uh, alive and well. Mm-hmm. And um, through meeting with the developer and the community leaders that wanted to save this building, who didn't necessarily know what it could be, and maybe not necessarily knowing uh, of the music or entertainment scene in Milwaukee, or how it could be valuable or valuable to the community. And if it would actually work and make sense, and after sitting down and um, and bringing in the right people, such as Janice uh, from Free Space. Um, okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Shout out to Janice. Man.
1: <coughs> Fuck. Janice is the best. Uh, congrats on getting married by yes, the way. Yes, definitely. Yeah.
0: Congratulations to the both of you for sure. Yeah, That's, yeah. I'm, I'm
1: very like. Meeting Janice was like. You you enter a room with Janice and it's just it you know you're just it's so vibrant with such positive and and optimistic and just like really like warm energy like mm-hmm. she's one of the most down to earth people I've met
0: in the past year yeah easily yeah when you're with Janice there's definitely this explosion of vibrance and uh, action to to just do great things and part of the reason you notice the shirts and and you know the, the mar- her marketing mindset and her and her quickness to execute marketing ideas and how simple but effective and well thought out they are it's just incredible mm-hmm. so a lot of the jumpstart as far as the uh, messaging of new state the, the visual that you see of new state I mean that's all Janice and mm-hmm. thanks to her we have something that's that's really easily tra- translatable and when people see it it's unique but it's simple the message behind it is great, so now it's just that much easier to get the word out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, just got the right people involved, and it's a huge undertaking. It's really scary, and uh, before this type of project, this is probably the biggest project I've ever been involved with as far as outside of work work. Um, I've never knew how massive undertakings like this happen, Um, because you think of like a budget of and the budget, ha- the outlook, and budget for this project has grown since we initially started. We acquired more of the property. Uh, in addition, so outside of just the venue and the studios, there would be um, a pocket park, also with a stage for public performances and outdoor use. Uh, we now acquired the the building right next to the state theater, which could transition into a cafe a restaurant possibly uh, also rehearsal spaces uh, for rent because I think there's a lack of there as well for bands um, uh, a local merch shop that's a storefront to not only hold um, local merchandise and music maybe a listening station but also touring acts can put their stuff up there for for, uh, for those purposes and really this whole operation would be ran by a nonprofit, um, so really would be for the community by the community Uh, which would be really key. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we're focusing on is also uh, integrating um, a youth committee. Um, Some of the ideas and things that we want as far as infrastructure have slowed down a little bit because our number one thing right now after acquisition of property, uh, kind of starting the design uh, some asbestos abatement so we can actually get in and do some measurement, like just the starting of process of development. One thing that's really a hang up is fundraising you know um, and so everything's slowly been put on the back burner somewhat to kind of focus on how are we going to move forward and fundraising efforts and so forth and that's kind of where we're at now we're really excited for 2020 i think uh, that's going to be a big year for us and this year in particular some of the events that you attended uh the outdoor um you know we built those the stage and the benches ourselves just so we can activate that corner and to make people realize that something's happening to continue to bring awareness, which was huge, um, but yeah, uh, newstatemke.org. Uh, you can learn about the project. You can make a donation there. Um, I think awareness is key. So just talking about it and sharing it with people. Uh, the more and more, well, just for, through my history, I've known of a need for a space like this, and it's amazing that it's possibly going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. it will happen at just one. You know, yeah. of course, we wanted to open twenty twenty. Uh, depending on fundraising efforts and construction, um, it'll you know. And right now we're also because of the expansion of the project, we're now looking at phasing. So focusing on things that make the most sense and attacking those first, starting to activate the space, and then see how it goes. Yeah, I imagine uh, it's uh, endured quite some patience. <sighs> patience is you. You are not kidding about patience. So yeah, I was just talking about magnitude of project. And not understanding how all this falls together, right? People, right time, uh, persistence, consistency, organization, uh, sacrifices, uh, patience. Again, yeah. uh, I mean, just even the whole nonprofit aspect and waiting a year to get a nonprofit status to even consider applying for fund for foundations and grants. Like that was a pain point, just being not being able to even say we're a nonprofit yet. Um, getting initial funds up uh, to even buy the building, uh, so many challenges. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to have a team. The team's not big enough yet. We don't have all the, all the players that we need yet. And still committees to build. Still so much, and still so much involvement from the community is needed. And uh, and uh, it's hard when everybody has a full time job, and yeah. this is something they have on the side that's so massive. Yeah. So we really need help. We really need help. Research us. Talk about us. Spread the word, um, and it's really exciting. It's yeah. really exciting for Milwaukee. Really? It's, it's a thrill. It's a piece of a mosaic, because like you said, Milwaukee's got so much going on, and this is just one of those things that's another added bonus to what, what will be in the future. I agree. Um, for both ourselves and for touring artists, too. <laughs> like And future generations and the youth. I yeah. Mean, just the challenges that young people face in Milwaukee, young creatives, yeah, are have been unreal. Mm-hmm. Seriously, like,
1: you look in the media, and more and more kids are leading revolutions. You know, you look at the March for Our Lives, you look at Greta, you look at Jazz Jennings, you know, you look at, like, these, basically, these teenagers that are... You know, are uh, having large scale conversations and you know transforming the what people think of when it comes to like impact and who can make such an impact. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know it's like you think about how you know you can only, you have to be like a certain age in order for people to take you seriously because with age comes the implication of wisdom. You know, but Really how you know,
0: people perceive you too Sometimes yeah. it's hard to break that wall Even if you're a smart person talking some real shit But you're young, people sometimes just dismiss you Well,
1: th- exactly So, like, there's just, you know there's, That's more and more being challenged by the mm-hmm. day And, like, with all these young kids out in the media Like, making real change Like, calling for true, you know Shift in conversations And, you know, just wanting to just Wanting things to just be better, like, that happens on both the large scale and just, you know, in our own community. And, you know, like, I've met a lot of young, very talented young uh, musicians, creatives, artists that are, you know, phenomenal in their craft. Like, uh, Negative Positive. Mm -hmm. Such a great band. Shout out to those girls. They're, like, you know, 14, 15 years old, and they're you know, really solid indie rock band that, you know, like, play really fun shows, and like, you know, you have, uh, and actually, my uh, roommate's son's band, they're called the Nile Club, Uh, they're like 17, 18, they're still in high school, but they just released a new record, you know, they're like, they're like... They, I've seen them before, and they have such a unique, flavorful blend of rock music, and yet they can't play just anywhere mm-hmm. because, you know, venues are 21 and up all the time. And, like, you know, it's like, you know, you can be, you can still be young and do great things that are going to, you know, really, like, that can really, like, Make an impact on people's lives like that can be much, much older than you. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had people that are twice my age on this show. I'm only 23, and like I've talked to folks that are like, you know, like the age of my parents pretty much. So it's like, you know, there's just been so many pretenses with like what, you know, with what you can do depending on how old you are. But, you know, there should be no reason that, you know, you know like kids or just you know anyone that's younger than 21 should not be able to like have access to a space that they feel like belonging to that they feel like they're a part of that they just emotionally connect to that a place that inspires them and wants and you know allows them to you know carve their own path to success in a yeah. creative way like Those are all really, really big things. And also just with the new new legislation uh, that uh, Kelsey Kaufman of Cactus Club just uh, helped push for, uh, along with uh, a number of other Milwaukee artists about the...
0: The permits for the 18-plus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing.
1: What a great, great step forward. Huge, huge step forward. So I'm... Yeah, I mean, I'm just... I'm thrilled to see, you know... What twenty twenty will hold uh, when it comes to, you know, young younger people it being able to
0: be a part of this community? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think there the young community is just recognizing that their voice is valued, um, their voice matters, and their voice resonates. And a statistic that I recently heard, and I don't know the exact age bracket, but now is the first time in Milwaukee where the young population dominates as far as uh, as far as the volume of people. So that says something about what Milwaukee needs to do as far as looking into the future of Milwaukee and what they're focusing on as far as building an infrastructure that yields to this new generation of um, of populace that's that just. It's different from old school, it's different from what's traditional, it, it, and you have to change. And I think I think uh, those some of those walls are being broken by some of these leaders and people who are willing to stand up and, and, and say something. Mm-hmm. But we've still got a ton of work to do. Mm-hmm. So donate to the New
1: State, please. Um, myself included, I need, to, I need to donate to the and New he was State. And even just talking about it, just yeah.
0: talking and spreading the word, because right now that's our biggest challenge is... You know, people around the block, pe- a couple blocks away, may not know what it is, and mm-hmm. that's a shame. Oh, I've still, I
1: met people that still, you know, are unfamiliar with the idea. But as soon as, you know, I tell them what it is, they're like, shit, yeah. we need that. That's yeah. good. It's, go-
0: it's going to gap generations. It's going to bridge community. It's centrally located, um, and it's yeah, it's, it's it, the concept, yeah. the, it's just. I can see into the future of like stepping into that space, and being like, "Wow, this is what Milwaukee needed," mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and you
1: helped bring it to life. You know, you were you were uh, uh, a key. You played a key role in that being realized, and that's how. You know all some all the greatest projects come to fruition
0: and going back to kind of how I got involved uh, and this kind of relates to uh, being young young, and vocal, um, you know the developer that's he- spearheading this project or the developer that's on the board of the nonprofit um, I met him now probably eleven years ago, and it was one meeting, and it was me looking for an office space at the time to get my recording studio out of my uh, living room into just a space Mm -hmm. that's outside of my, you know, this is before I had met other engineers and stuff like that. And me reaching out to him, I forgot how I found out about him. He had a project that he was working on at the time. It was also an abandoned, or it was in the process of being redeveloped. It was a three-story building that was gonna have office space on the second and third floor. And he said, yeah, I'm gonna have office space at some point. Not sure how long the development's gonna take. And I decided to go talk to him and check it out, introduced myself, told him that I was involved with music. I was looking to set up a studio space, so on and so forth. Uh, the project was yet far from being complete, so I kind of you know we kind of went our ways. Mm-hmm. Ten years later, the connection and contact was made. He saw this theater and didn't know what it could be, but remembered that, oh, 10 years ago I met this young man who was involved in music maybe I should reconnect, and reach back out, and we talked about what a nice. concept it could be. So, yeah. like, being young, don't be afraid to talk to people, don't be afraid to reach out, don't be afraid to make connections now, because life is short, and 10 years will fly by, and in 10 years, you may reconnect with somebody who's like, wow, this is like, the, I'm so glad we met at that moment in time.
1: And it's really easy. It's it's a lot easier than people make
0: it out to be mm-hmm. in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, pick an event. Go to it. Yep. You will meet some great people there. Yep. Like, believe me. Um, that's how I met a good chunk of uh, the folks that I've had on the show. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so. Exactly. Yeah, man. For sure. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to see, you know, what 2020 will hold for, you know, the project in itself. And just, you know, just seeing what it will continue to, how it will continue to invigorate and innovate our scene.
0: Totally. I'm just going to say one last thing Mm -hmm. about the new state. We are going to start a new state friends group. It's a way to uh, basically support the new state and be part of uh, the beginning and future of it. Um, It's basically a a community involvement by uh, tiers of donations saying yes i want this to happen and yes keep me informed on what's going on and the perks that awesome. come with being a friend of the new street. Sure. so that'll be a program that we'll be rolling out to help fundraise and also get community plugged into the actual project where they get integrated very cool awesome so keep in keep in touch exactly, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. so man that's man i'm 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 super <laughs> excited, man! I'm just flabbergasted right now. I'm
0: um, stoked. It's, yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't say enough great things about it, the team. Uh, but again, whew, overwhelming. Yeah, sure. overwhelming,
1: So let's talk about Unify Records. Yeah, your uh, your record label, your studio.
0: Um, huh? uh, no longer even a studio. Oh, okay, it's just now it's just a label. Sure. Okay. Um, and I can. I mean, I don't know if you want me to go through the story. Please uh, do. No, I.
1: I I, you know, that's actually usually how I start
0: the conversation yeah. is, let me, t-
1: tell me what the hell are you, <laughs> what, what are you doing, you know, how did you get here? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of just how you started getting involved with, like, producing and making music of your own, like, yeah. growing up.
0: I'll start with a shameless plug of today. Uh, we released our newest record uh, by an artist uh, by the name of... Um, Taylor Waters. The record's called Delirious. Nice. It's only her second single, and I'm really, really uh, happy for her and the strides she's made and just with the one song she's released before. Congrats uh, to Taylor Waters. Yeah, thank you. She's she's from Canada, and it's been really interesting. It's my first, uh, my first artist that I've worked consistently with through just digital communications and exchanging vocals and production and stuff like that. Uh, so that's been a real interesting... Process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned a lot, um, and props to Charlie Cooks. Uh, that man yeah. is a beast oh, yeah. on production, mixing, and he's just been so instrumental to uh, my continuing of following the passion and record creation and and uh, and molding of of records. Um, and I, I guess I'll, I'll I'll dive back to the beginning, and you'll see how he interjected, mm-hmm. or I you know I was able to kind of meet him and he has been so instrumental in a lot of the things I've done but Unify Records in 2006 so it was like 2003 I started college in 2005 and between 2003 and 2005 first two years of college I had no idea what I wanted to do I just kind of threw a dart at the wall and said I'll try this and uh, through those two years realized my passion and the passion stemmed from house parties And being in a room, black lit, uh, full of people, laptop open, on YouTube looking at beats, playing them, and everybody just going in circle, freestyling for hours. People drinking, people smoking, great time. And that feeling, and that, something about that was like, wow, this is powerful. Mm -hmm. Sparked something in me to the point where two years into college, I was like, fuck. It sucks that I'm in school and so much into debt. I can't just drop out. I can't change major from architecture or construction management to fucking music. My parents would kill me. Yeah. Uh, and I just, it just, it just didn't make sense. So continued the career, the schooling path. But on the side, me and a buddy were like, well, so much talent in Milwaukee. Why aren't they making it? Like, because then we started going, we, we were becoming close of age, so we started exploring the scene, mm-hmm. seeing the Rusty Peas who have been rocking since the 90, 1995, being like, just finding all of these pockets of talent and not understanding why they weren't, and I don't want to say being exploited, but why they weren't succeeding. Why yeah. weren't they able to make bigger moves out mm-hmm. of just Milwaukee, uh, being as young as we were and not educated in that space, we're like, fuck it, let's start a record label, Let's support all these people that we feel like should be making it. Let's do whatever we can to help them. And me and a buddy started the record label. Unify comes from, um, we thought, we were trying to think of a name. And um, one summer I had an internship, I left. And this was at the days of, I can't remember if it was SoundClick or somewhere where you had a lo fi and a hi fi option. Okay. And more of the concept behind the record label, we wanted to bring people together because we felt like nobody was really working together. People should unite and work together. It'll be better product, it'll be bigger push, things like that. So like we should unify people. And then the lo-fi and hi-fi kind of stuck with me. And I'm like, well, why not do unify? So you and I dash F-I.
1: Mm-hmm. Which uh,
0: yeah. hyphen and a fucking name in a business kind of sucks. So if you're starting a business, try to stay away from that shit. Because like, oh, yeah. when you're logos, marketing, all that shit, websites, like, yeah. are you, do you have a hyphen, not a hyphen? How does this shit work? So yeah. anyway, but Unify Records was formed. And uh, we were off, Uh, we didn't have our own production, so the first thing I was like, well, we were recording on 4-track at the tape, we were using uh, beats from YouTube, uh, just downloading a microphone as I'm in the basement, and uh, we're like, we need our own production to make shit. So I bought an MPC and started chopping samples, passion grew, I became a producer. And uh, one of the instrumental groups that that kind of ignited the, the push forward to Allowing this scene to, to recognize us as something was King Hell Bastard, and um, they were a group that I was, me and my partner were blown away by, they were working uh, with a guy, Jerry Gruvis at the time, uh, who was a multi-instrumentalist, multi-instrument, he was able to record people, and just a great engineer as well. Uh, King Hell Bastard created an album called Motherfucker, uh, you can find it on iTunes, and listening to that, and thinking when it was created, I mean that's... It was some heavy shit, and I was like, man, these guys are good. Um, They didn't warm up to us right away because we ended up moving into a a house that got occupied by the downstairs was four girls living that we were all friends with. Uh, Upstairs was three guys living, and then the attic turned into our studio. Uh, We had all production gear up there. Um, We started recording people, and then some of these guys from King Hell Bastards started, started coming around to kick it, drink, listen to music, record them when needed, like, and slowly but surely King Hell Bastard started working with us, and and less so King Hell Bastard as a group, there were several, uh, you know, Mike DNA and uh, Dana Copperfield kind of became the, the people who kind of came through that rotating door a lot more, which sparked a first project of mine which was called Cups and Bottles where it was strictly my production and them, two writing to my production. Uh, and that, this was after the Astrodome, so this was the big house, which was this fucking big party house. Mm-hmm. Lots of stories told, nice. um, or to tell. And uh, when we moved out of there, cups and bottles started getting formed, because we would literally get together once a week uh, on an evening, um, and beer would be flowing, bottle of vodka would be standing on the fucking you know, countertop, and that's kind of where my producer name came from, The White Russian. It was said in a lyric by Mike, Dan- Dan- uh, Mike DNA. I believe it was a lyric, maybe he just commented it, and it kind of stuck. I've tried a couple nice. other names, but that's the one that I always go back yeah. to. We'll sense, yeah,
1: well, it makes sense, right? <laughs>
0: I'm Russian, yeah. and I'm white. You know, <laughs> I don't drink white Russians, I mean, I have, but, yeah. but, uh, but uh, right. so it kind of tells the story of my life. Yeah. And, uh, or my heritage, or whatever you yeah. want to call yeah. it. right. And, um... And uh, Cups and Bottles was a really instrumental project for me because it was proof that we could finish a project. Uh, we had somebody then, I think we mixed it ourselves, and we had a professional person master it, and then we put out hard copies. Uh, Dana and Mike were super happy. Uh, we pushed the album, we had shows, and that kind of got my feet wet in like the whole process. And since then, we started working with uh, John Dwayne, who was part of King Solomon at the time. Um, we started working with House of M which was this big super group that like formulated and they were like the Wu-Tang Clan in Milwaukee and I was like holy shit like these guys have so much potential and they're like creative and they're cool and they're like a mass and like when they throw a party like people show up and like, and uh, eventually Fresh Cut Collective and their first album, uh, when the Debussy was still with them before he moved to New York, and other, uh, just other people. And a lot of people uh, weren't as serious, uh, and we put efforts into a lot of people that now don't do music, and that's just life, and there's a lot of learning mm-hmm. that happens with it. But anyway, through college, um, graduated, uh, barely. and uh, Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But through that, there was a lot of school that taught me business, finance, managerial skills that I've been able to apply to different things, and some of those things reflected in my music career. Uh, Eventually uh, running into, through Dana, uh, into Charles Mammoth, uh, Charlie Cooks now, um, and getting introduced to him, starting to work with him, working with him to kind of, as he was in the process of structuring his business, and more so not structuring, he's been recording people and producing for a long time. But now more so than ever, he had a space, and he was actually booking people and kind of helping him get um, consistent in replying to people, Mm -hmm. getting times out there, booking slots that were available, and helping him with his business ethics or business practices, which led him to then make that a full-time career, and and then he was doing that full-time, and at that time, working with all these artists, it just was natural that... We would use work with him in the studio and he would, became our engineer. Nice. So he then began recording us. Uh, he began to mix everything for us. Um, I would still produce. I would bring ideas to him and he was producing as well. And I mean, through my production stage, which lasted a very long time, and I haven't touched, I haven't chopped a sample in uh, quite a while, but I, I, I'm eager to go back to it. But the coolest, cool thing is now I have this old computer that has like a thousand projects. Nice. And I used to like to play what's called, and I still like to, but just people don't come over and utilize it necessarily anymore, or uh, have recently. I used to, I, pl- I like to play what's called uh, beat roulette. Okay. So you just come over and we hang out, and I just say pick a number. And you pick a number one through thousand, and I open that project, and it could be a sample, it could be a piece of shit, it could be it could be a complete song, it could be a loop, it could be an idea. But it's cool because you just find these gems that are like, we need to turn this into something. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's so, creative, man. Beat yeah. I like playing Beat Roulette on my old computer. That's fun, yeah. I got a newer computer that I started uh, creating newer sounds with because a lot of the Beat Roulette stuff was sampling. That's how I uh, started to get into production because I don't play instruments. Um, but I like to sample. That was like my, that was like a lot of my production that you hear in the early stages, it was all samples. And the newer stuff is definitely more sample-free, more kind of arranging, and now more of like just composition rather than, than, than chopping samples. Uh, or working with other producers and bringing them on to be like, okay, and especially Charlie Cooks, um, when he would be uh, producing heavy for us. So that was cool. And now, you know, it's been interesting. We've taken artists and groups to A3C. We've gone to South by Southwest. We've gone to, um... We, we've we've sent the van out. So at some point, I think 2008, 2009, we purchased the van and became the tour van. We rented yes. it out to the people. We've sent it all over the fucking country. Um, we've done some shit. I mean, and the one yeah. stuff really wasn't going on, you know, and we pushed for it, and, uh... And I think we just continued to do what the people before us did, just with more resources and more opportunities. Finally, the stigma of, oh, rap is bad, started to diminish somewhat in Milwaukee. More opportunities opened up. Milwaukee started to support the hip-hop scene, rap scene. Publications started writing about it. Things changed. A lot of changes, 2000 to, to, you know, 2010 even. Huge changes. true school uh, you know just just things that continue to help and help and help get out of that rut Um, and it's still growing like we said things are still happening that are much needed Um, at some point the record label uh, would take on anybody who was around it um, and that was kind of a I don't want to say downfall. That was it was tough learning experience for me. Looking back at it, so much time, effort, energy wasted. I don't want to say wasted. It was all a learning experience, but not focused and not putting energy into the right people who really mattered and mm-hmm. really should have been the ones getting all the attention. But kind of spreading it too thin. Again, mom and pop operation. At some point, the partnership went sour because we inducted a new partner who was helping a lot, and uh, that was my that is now my current fiance. And uh, things fell apart with the original partner, and then it became me and the fiance that we really pushed the record label to new heights with her help by offering opportunities. Uh, and even opportunities such as, you know, at some point we're like, okay, how do we make a big splash? How do we get some, not attention, but how do we get our name and elevate ourselves? How do we get out there from further than just Milwaukee outside of what we've been doing? And we came up with this idea that. We should take my production piece, we should take one of our artists, and we should go and get a higher profile feature. And we should do a single with them, we should work out a video, yeah. and release it. And that was the, the, that was how uh, Hot Shots was conceptualized. And so that came from, I saw Bird on a Wire with Action, Bronson, and Riff Raff. Riff Raff I only knew barely from G's to Johnson on MTV from back in the day and knew he was kind of a goofball, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he was in this rapping thing, doing this rapping thing, and getting popularity on YouTube. Action Bronson just dropped his first mixtape, which gave him really good notoriety. People were comparing him to um, Ghostface, like that was going on. His original manager was Dante Ross, who, who really founded found the Beastie Boys. Yeah. And like, So he was making headway, and when I saw Bird on a Wire, that video and song, I was like, man, I really like that sound, and I really like how they vibe together, and uh, I was like, fuck it, let's try it. Reached out to Riff's manager, he replied, and we pitched the idea, we liked Bird on a Wire, are we able to make something happen? So we took one of my production pieces, which we didn't pick the song until they were here, the production piece, and this is a whole thing that could be like a little mini episode on its own of how the video and song did not want to happen. And the pain points of that whole thing. Oh fuck! But um, yeah. we pushed through, released the video. You know, five what five years later, four years later, it's at one point three million views on YouTube. But it was it was something that gave us to the future something credible to say, hey, this is what we can do. We have done. Since then, again, just continuing to build relationships with industry people. Nowadays, like when roots come to Summerfest, their tour manager is always reaching out, like, Hey you guys in town, like what's going on? Sometimes by chance we end up opening for them anyway. It's yeah. with the people we work with. Um so Summerfest is finally Summerfest has made some big changes in the incorporated local finally too. I mean yeah. about time. Biggest fucking world music festival totally, and uh, and barely any locals be played in it for a long time. Like that's it was disappointing. Oh yeah. It was disappointing. But was, yeah. on the other hand, I understand in some respects that a lot of people doing music at the time either couldn't get to the level of being professional or didn't know how to be professionals. Didn't have people around them who could carry them as professionals. Business managers, like having a team around you, knowing, like, there's so many things that create that success Mm -hmm. and usually it's not just one person. so. The artist needs to understand that. artist needs to understand he needs somebody to speak for him or sometimes manage him and tell him what he should or shouldn't be doing or at least advise. Yeah. You know, just a lot of learning. Yeah. Milwaukee did a, a, as well. Yeah. Milltown Beatdown happened. Jordan Matt Hatter, uh, props to him. What an instrumental person in Milwaukee's um, scene. 88 9, also, yeah. you know, all these all these things that happened. Uh, Milltown Beatdown was such a. You can go on on YouTube and Google this shit, and just Milltown Beatdown was that ignition of 11 years of just straight fire, where people, when it came time to have the Milltown Beatdown every year, and it would last for X amount of weeks or a couple months, like, if you didn't show up early, you weren't getting in. Yeah, right, yeah. And that was like, wow, like, that was, and that's when really Milwaukee saw that there is this thing here that you can't say no to. And that's when venues were like, yeah, we accept it and embrace it, people love it. This isn't just because it's rap and hip-hop, there's going to be violence. No. We're just a culture. We're just a community. We're artists. We're young people trying to do what we love to do. Mm -hmm. Really opened up some eyes, which was cool. So many other things in my life came into the picture. Uh, Tried to start a production company at some point. Other things happening. And I've just realized that I'm one man, and Michelle started doing her own thing. Uh, Because at some point you can only beat your head against the wall for so many years And I totally understand, so she has her own passions And at that point, one person can only do so much So I became smarter, I guess And continued uh, a consistent path of working on stuff But never really pressured myself to Oh, I have to release five records a year Like, no, it's just, it's going to be on my time It's going to be with the artists who I feel have talent Who want to be pushed to get bigger and better and uh, vice versa, uh, kind of listen to advice and guidance, and mm-hmm. and also can create some great music um, that we can release that'll last forever. So now, like, yeah, a couple records for me a year is just fine if that's what it's going to be. Yeah, totally. Because resources are limited, and yeah. if you're just going to release a project and not have budget behind it, it doesn't have to be big budget, but even thinking about budget, like, it's so important. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I think you, uh, have
1: several different points in you know kind of telling the story like you made point of like the the importance of a team of you know being of how uh, you know crucial it is to have trusted folks uh, to help you you know realize a goal and I think a key thing is is we as individuals have, Infinite potential, but finite capacity. That's very well put. Yeah. And uh, you know, we can do anything we want. We can, uh, you know, you set your mind to something. You know, you are, you know, like the 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 universe will, you know, kind of like align, set you on some kind of uh, on an odyssey that you know where you learn and grow, mm-hmm. and you're able to. You know accomplish whatever you set your mind to like that's that's you know that's where potential you know it's divine you can do anything with it but it starts with your mind yeah yeah but we still have finite capacity and by that it's like you can only get so much done in a day you can only do so much when before you know you burn out yeah you're not going to excel in every single skill you're not going to know every single person for something yeah but, you know, your friend might know somebody for that something. Yeah. And, you know, or like, you know, you will have connections here. Somebody else on your team is going to have connections in a, in a completely different realm. And, you know, you, you can only do so much, like, despite... It's like you can do anything, but you can only do so much.
0: And, and that kind of could reflect to something I learned pretty early on or maybe like halfway through this journey of like the record label and shit is uh, the 10,000 hour rule. And uh, to master anything, it will take 10,000 hours. And me being the way I am, I tried to like put my wrap my head around it and I put it into 40-hour weeks and duration of 40-hour weeks that you get to 10,000 hours, and that's five years. So you have a full-time job for five years. By the end of that five years, you're a master at something. Now, that skill is natural and automatic and being a master you can utilize it to to gain momentum or to, to receive benefits from it and so I've always thought about that and like yeah with so many hours in a day what do you have to do and how long will it take you to reach that 10,000 hours yeah. and if you're just focusing on one thing it's much easier than fucking doing everything at once mm-hmm. yeah and, I, and I, I,
1: I get caught up in that all the time like I'm you know we're talking about the days that you and i both had you know you have so much we have so much like on an agenda yeah uh sure. if you know that we're um confined to a day you know and it's it seems like you know a ton to swallow and sometimes it is but you know you believe in something mm-hmm. you know i believe in something for sure like and uh, you know but you like you're not meant to do any any massive undertaking Alone, and that, mm-hmm. and that, and you can you can attest to that yeah. on both Unify and the new state yep. from both you know huge sort of like um, factors that we've talked about so and far.
0: Recently, like, I heard something from a buddy who uh, moved from New York, and he's lived in New York all his life, and now he's experiencing Milwaukee and the community in Milwaukee, and what he's noticed, and he calls it tribing up, that happens a lot in New York. Uh, You tribe up, and when you tribe up, it makes you just that much more of a force because everybody's got their their skill sets and their strengths and things that they're good at, and um, really that's when you can do bigger things, that's when you can make bigger impacts. Yes, alone you can do certain things, but it's narrow and maybe focused, but um, the other thing that comes with triving up is structure, organization, thinking about end goals, uh, mutual respect sometimes it's hard to find people who are willing to work with you and dependable people, reliable people. Um, What was another saying that I heard recently that really uh, resonated with me? It was, uh, uh, some people enter your life for... uh, some people enter your life and pass by or something and some people enter your life for a purpose. Uh, I don't know, something to that effect but a lot of people that I've experienced uh, interaction with through the last whatever decade um, most of them are just passing by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe your agenda didn't fit theirs or vice versa, but it, most of the time it's just like you just go your separate ways and it's hard to find dependable people for, to kind of align with your common goals or to build, you know. So it's tough. Yeah. It's not an easy thing. That being
1: said, though, while that, that is definitely true, I do like to think that every single person you do meet does contribute to some of your perception of reality. Whether totally. they Whether they are, like, functional, like, they serve a purpose, like, you know, they really did immensely, like, play a part in your own, in your journey. Or if they are kind of just there, like, a bystander of sorts, like, didn't play a particular role, but they were present for. Yep. You know, you were in the same place in the same time, what have you, like, you know. They mattered. They did yeah. matter, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so... Man, like, meet as many people as you can. Like, it can be, it can be, like, uh, intimidating entering so many spaces with yes. so many people to talk to, but meet as many people as An- you
0: can. Anxiety's a big factor in that and holding people back. I remember being young, and especially a young producer who was trying to come on the scene, like... I'd feel yeah. uncomfortable in venues with a lot of people. Yeah. I'd never want to approach people and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be maybe uh, not in the right state of mind to approach people and talk to them. Or, you know, my agenda was to go to the bar and get fucked up. Yeah. Or, you know, people are people. And I think it's it's easy to go to somebody, say hi, reach out, shake their hand, and and talk about anything.
1: Yeah,
0: And I think Michelle taught that to me because she's a social butterfly and mm-hmm. when I, I used to be very comfortable being with her at places because she just talk and talk and talk and just conversation with Carrie and that seemed very natural and people enjoyed it and I was like why can't I do that took me a while to get past it but now I'm just numb to yeah. anxiety I guess yeah. and I'm just in it and I'm like let's talk let's I'm the say. same way yeah
1: I'm definitely the same way like I, I'm i very anxious around crowds myself like one of the worst feelings is, like, feeling like I'm a, like, feeling like, like, having a conversation with somebody and, like, trying to, like, you know, give them your full undivided attention, but still feeling like you're needed elsewhere.
0: hmm
1: You know, feeling like, well, you know, what if, like, that person I was going to say hi to, but now they're leaving, mm-hmm. but I'm talking to this person and I don't want to, like, cut them off or leave. Yeah. Or you know you want to talk to somebody but they're too busy talking to somebody else you want to get some kind of interaction in at some point that yeah man like i i feel that too a lot but that's why and this is why the internet is a great thing sometimes because yeah. when you personally reach out to somebody on the internet and uh, make an effort to like sit down with them and talk to them and actually make a genuine focused and and uh, voluntary connection with them Mm -hmm. just like we did you know like that's that's how you like really get to know somebody and those are like the those are the that's how a, a connection can become most long lasting rather than just meeting everybody in a in public
0: and we haven't even touched on that aspect of Society and global relationship building how it's changed from 2000 to now Yeah, or 2000 2010 the internet yeah. and the ability to and and How it has hurt people because of social media and how it has enhanced? Uh, just instant yeah. Communication and our gratification yeah. or whatever
1: it's it's crazy. It's done both for me. Yeah It's hurt me a shit ton mm-hmm. and like made me You Know, be it's a nasty place, splitting hairs, yeah, yeah, but it's also given me, you know, so many tools, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, you know, it makes me laugh, it makes me upset, it makes me angry, it makes me hopeful,
0: it it, it, brings information,
1: yeah, yeah, it's it can be purely expository, you know, it's um. It, the, um, the Internet brings out every ty- type of emotion there is. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is truly incredible how it's transformed sociology. But I, I think that the best people, way people can, you know, enhance their relationship with the Internet is to think critically and reflect on what they're using it for like the reasons they're using it for, you know, like what goals they're hoping to accomplish through the internet, you know, whether it's, you know, for validation, whether it's for, you know, making connections, like actual, like social networking, mm-hmm. what it's there for, yeah. or, you know, is it there for, for work? Is it there
0: for... There's a lot of benefits to it, doesn't Oh, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: I feel like there's a lot of people, you know, there's a stigma to a lot of internet and social media use because people just use it for poor mm-hmm. rele- for, for poor reasons. You know, like, they... It's it's like they're seeking something. Yeah. And I'm, I'm no exception to that.
0: I think most people aren't. You post something for a reason. It's not just for you to put it there in an archive. Although I do like to have archival stuff and that's why I like to post certain things. Yeah. But the gratification of other people seeing it, it makes you feel good. Uh, Black Mirror yeah. has an episode that's like, okay, this is really dangerous. You, can, you know, that's that's a crazy oh, yeah. episode. Yeah. But um I love Black Mirror. Uh it's it's and I, I I don't necessarily agree with people who like sometimes hate on there on on it so much so that like I'm deleting my social media accounts I don't like because I'm so angry I feel like it's a tool and as long as you use it how you want to use it that's great but yeah. I did realize that it was taking over my life so even just a simple action of taking my Facebook and moving it to a different page in my phone I stopped surfing Facebook every fucking day
1: that's a good Good point.
0: And, like, that allowed me to free... Because m- I, I realized I was just constantly opening this shit up and scrolling to see what the fuck's up. And I'm still catching my clothes for a few people doing it. And it literally just took it... I just took not being in front of me and realizing that I was doing it, and now I I don't really ch- check it unless I want to post or, or events or use it how I want to use it rather than it engulf. Yeah, right. Yeah, a lot of people
1: will in a similar vein, delete the app off their Cause phone. Because they're angry. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, no,
0: it's so it could be a resource, it could be a tool. Right. You have a message, you yeah. have a thing, you have to connect with family. Like, there's so many benefits to yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am a
1: huge proponent of it, but at the same time, people need to, in the same, kind of in the same, in, you know, in, in many different mediums, you know, a good one I think of is food your relationship with food, Mm -hmm. you know, are you eating out of boredom, are you eating out of stress, are you eating out of, you know... Necessity. Yeah, or, yeah, or, or, yeah, necessity, are you eating to, you know, but are, or are you just, you know, eating intuitively, which is probably the healthiest way Mm -hmm. to eat. Um, alcohol is another one, you know, um, working out is another Mm -hmm. one, you know, like, you have to have a healthy relationship with whatever it is you use to uh, feel, like, fulfilled. Fulfilling yourself, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I guess the last thing we haven't talked about is um, the, the clothing line that uh, you're, you and your fiancé are uh, currently working on.
0: So that's... Uh, it's a long... Windy, roller coaster of a road. I think pretty much everything you've talked about has been a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that I learned one time, I forgot where I read it or where I saw it. I think it was an audio book. But they said um, an entrepreneur uh, becomes an addict, addict, uh, in the sense of because of the many ups and downs that you experience. Uh, sometimes you don't know when to stop because you are chasing for that next up in business Mm -hmm. and it's so true but sometimes you feel like you're so close and you can't give up and that's been the story with I think a lot of the things that I'm involved with and probably all the entrepreneurs that I've known go on these roller coasters and uh, so far we've prevailed, and the Mini Classy was started because my fiancé and her uh, best friend went to fashion design school a while back. Never did anything with the degree, because like music industry in Milwaukee, the shit just didn't exist. And finally, when our daughter was born, uh, at a young age of hers, uh, Michelle was having a hard time finding comfortable cool clothes for the young kid. And being a, at the time, being a stay-at-home, helping with the record label, Um, things like that she decided to take out her sewing machine and uh, work on her passions Mm -hmm. and got some fabrics from Joanne started chopping up some pants and uh, uh, created something that she liked Uh, was easy to put put on and off the child Uh, it was comfortable the fabric was green um, as far as like the content so it was a nice cotton blend things like yes. that, natural you know. Uh, waistband was yoga waistband so good for potty training even though she was still in diapers. Good for diapers because the pattern they designed was a harem pant so like an MC Hammer pant basically with a drop crotch um, and fashionable and the designs they were coming up with were like really fla- kind of flashy, inner- interesting pattern combinations of waistband to pant to different things Eventually, they ended up designing the Dino Pant, which incorporated spikes on the side, which made kids feel like they were playing, like they were dinosaurs, like they were creative. this like all this shit. But as soon as that first pant hit Etsy, it sold.
1: Nice.
0: As soon as the second couple pairs hit Etsy, they sold. And we realized that there was like, there was a demand, there was a want for this fashion, comfort, cool streetwear brand type stuff and at that time I got laid off, Uh, we realized that there was this demand and it was selling um, because of their eye for the designs Um, and I started cutting for them, I'd be the cutter man and that's how my uh, I'd be cutting on a dining room table, they'd be sewing their their butts off on sewing machines, Etsy was picking up like crazy Um, so much so that We got noticed by uh, Zulily, which is a mass distributor of discounted goods. They asked us if we could do it a larger order at a ridiculously low price. Mm. And since we were making this shit in our living room and all our costs were like really the fabric and then our sweat equity, we're like, fuck it, this is going to be great exposure. So we did this run with Zulily, like 300 pants in like a matter of a month or something. And it sold out in two days. That generated buzz and recognition from like media outlets across the country. Celebrities took notice. At that time, we were already planning on okay, we got to get away from Etsy. We got to do design. Wholesalers started to reach out. Shit picked up. Yeah. And uh, through just meeting the right people, networking, continuing to grow, continuing to like build a brand. We became a pretty recognizable brand, and one thing with this industry that you start to realize is, and this has been the challenge now for the last couple years, is there's a ceiling you hit that to grow more, you're going to have to have an investment to get to a certain level, whether it's marketing efforts, whether it's inventory buildup, and it's all cash invested, and then you sit on it until the shit's sold and so I think the challenge for us and we've we've been so close we've climbed we've we've like gotten to the ceiling we've climbed that ladder we've had several successful investors come in and kind of like get us to another level up and now we're a brand that's recognizable and kind of there has a following that supports that's kind of self-sustaining but on the other hand to become global to Break away and become a supreme. To break away and become um, a thrasher, or, mm-hmm. to do, or to not a thrasher. Um, other, just other brands that have seen success on a global scale. How do you get there? Yeah, and that's the fucking challenge. And that's when you need fucking hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, potentially, to get there. But when you're turning around, you know, when you can't get it yourself and build it to that level how do you jump that next step and that's really been the challenge I think for us now take everything we've learned realize where we're at and realize that we almost need to shrink back down and trim the fat before we can figure out what our next steps are and we're in that transitional phase now and I don't know where it's going to go necessarily and if it's going to be success or not Uh, But I'd call uh, us making it this far, five years in, in the fashion industry and making money for five years. Well, I don't want to say making money because accounting is interesting. You can can have income and you can make $100 in a month, but you actually spend $1,000 to get it. So (laughs) counting the dollars is so important. Tracking dollars is so important to be able to get credit. Business ethics is so important. Small team that necessarily doesn't have... You know designers are designers uh, me having more of a business mind like it was a good team effort and I think that's what people need to realize when they're going into business whatever business it is is there's a bus to be driven and this is what I also have learned something there's a bus to be driven and don't drive the bus until you have the right people in the right seats um so but they've learned a lot of business I've learned a lot from them I've stepped away as far as managing the business because part of it they understood and needed to learn too, and part of trimming the fat was, well, now you guys need to just focus on it and see where it goes, you know. Uh, but it's it's exciting, and I, I'm definitely addicted to starting companies and run nice. and running this shit. Yeah, all sorts of shit, uh, different, and, and it's crazy. Like, I wish there was a a film crew at all times, and I'm sure there's a lot of people here that that could be pretty interesting. I think. I could be one of those people that people would be like, wow, I'd like to see that.
1: <laughs> and then, I mean, uh, Hey, at the end of the day, it, uh, it keeps you, it keeps you always working towards something and it makes it so you always have goals. Yeah. Long term and short term. Yep. So for sure. Great stuff, man. We'll be posting links to everything. Awesome. Awesome. I can. All right, Dima, uh, white Russian, um, man, that was, uh, I was a doozy <laughs> we talked about a lot of stuff but yeah man you wait w-
0: till the beers start flowing next time we meet Yeah, that's for that'll sure. be a, a real interesting conversation i gotta cover up my mustache because i'm so not used to it so November, this is the first time i'm like all right i'm gonna let it grow out and i didn't realize you let everything grow out i shaved because i thought it was just mustache and so now uh, i feel weird
1: yeah you're telling me this is this is <laughs> this is this whole thing never existed Until, like, this last month. Nice. uh, But it's fun. I like it. I like the beard. So It's good. Thanks, man. So um, tell me what keeps you up at night, Dima.
0: Oh, what keeps me up at night is my night uh, shifts. The night shifts. Uh, Usually uh, they're sporadic, and sometimes they go Monday through Friday. Sometimes they're Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. It's all on the schedule of construction since I'm in the heavy highway um, construction industry. So usually what keeps me up at night is that. And then I come home and drink my wine and work on stuff.
1: <laughs> and so, right,
0: right. So that's what keeps me up at Like, mentally, I don't have, nothing really keeps me up at night. Because if I have a night off and I'm home and I get to go to sleep, I work late, but then I, I crash. Yeah. And I get my right.
1: rest. Nice. Solid. What, so uh, work keeps
0: me up at night. Yeah, right, right.
1: <laughs> Just being forced to be somewhere. Exactly. What puts you to sleep, though?
0: Wine. Lots of wine. Wow, that's uh sometimes more a lot of times on the couch puts me to sleep. Um meditation even though not like heavy practice, uh but breathing exercises and a couple really like simple things that I do that really help me relax when I need to. And uh Maybe next time we can talk about those because I think that's one thing people can't do is unwind to the point where they get rest or to the point where it takes them two hours to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And just a couple of things that I've learned through my stressful times uh, have really helped me out. So a little bit of meditation, breathing techniques, uh, and wine really, and uh, some other things. I think help. we
1: should just start our own podcast. We should. <laughs> man, we
0: should. Thanks for being on the show. Man, man thanks this for having
1: awesome me. That. It's a lot of fun. Unify Records. New State. And
0: Mr. Nice Guy. Mr.
1: Nice Guy. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. And we will see you next time.
0: Peace.